The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. We are here to talk all things recruiting. We might as well just lump NIL into it now as that is uh, intertwined with recruiting. Um, we've got, a got a myriad of topics today. We're going to talk, uh, about a particular SEC West quarterback that has left the, uh, their respective program. And then we'll get into uh, a little basketball recruiting and then, um, a, uh, new member of the Ole Miss football team that will, uh, in uniform for the 2022 season so a lot to get to here on tuesday's show so with that without further ado grayson good morning how are we doing good morning zach we're doing well again we're, we're closing in here on football season and things are starting to get real yep two weeks of fall camp down third week has started as it is i guess day two of week three as we record this uh first scrimmage was on saturday um a lot of stuff happened in terms of the quarterback competition. Both quarterbacks did some nice things. Um, from what I heard from people that had boots on the ground, people that were there saw it with their own two eyes. They said that Dart had a uh, pretty nice day, two touchdown passes, was clean, took care of the football, and uh, some other guys popped here and there. Altmaier did some good things as well. Uh, had a couple picks. One was kind of a heave at the end of a, you know, a, a period, a quarter. I, I don't know how they were doing the uh, scrimmage, but um, you know, heaving one deep to try to get a score before uh, that uh, series had ended. But um, quarterback competition still ongoing. You know, obviously Lane Kevin is not named a starter. Uh, I told somebody this week that I think the competition is going to probably go well into the season, probably two, three weeks before Kiffin decides to uh, go with someone just to kind of create some semblance of continuity and to get a flow and get some rhythm going with everyone. Um, That's just my opinion. He could have a starter named by week one and and just roll with that and then have a back, have a backup, excuse me. Um, So, um, but let's get into the, the well, big news. Well, we, you got some thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We, we talked, we talked a little about this in the last episode. Um, I, I obviously don't know. And Kiffin hasn't made 
his uh you know plan public um but we talked about this whether he names a starter or not by week one i think he will i think he will name a starting quarterback week one but then inherently just based off of the schedule you're looking at at least two weeks where both guys are going to get pretty much a full half of playing time so whether you like it or not, this quarterback battle is most definitely going into the season, um, perhaps as far as Kentucky, but I think more than likely Kiffin gives, you know, both guys a half against Troy and both guys a half against Central Arkansas and then names a definitive starter, whether that be the same starter by that he named for week one or not by the Georgia Tech game. So whether you like it or not, y'all at home, you know, buckle up because this quarterback battle is for sure going into the first two weeks at the very least, just based off of the schedule and the flexibility it allows to play some, uh, I won't use the term garbage time, but like to sub in the second team offense pretty early in the game. So it's, it's, it's coming up and it's going to be here to stay for a while. Yeah. And we've talked about it at nauseum at this point, but the schedule sets up nicely to where it lets them kind of, get their footing and, um, you know, work out the kinks, figure some things out before conference play starts. Cause essentially it's, you know, two, the, the season is cut into two parts where you've got the non-con slate. Um, Georgia tech's thrown in there, but I, I think Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia tech. Um, no spoilers. We'll have a, a new podcast coming to you this week. Um, more on that uh, as the week goes on. We'll not reveal a name yet, but uh, we will be talking college football across the country and Ole Miss specific week by week. And uh, we'll be doing a little bit of handicapping. So you can uh, either tail us or fade us and uh, try to make some money. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they've got some, they, they got plenty of time to figure things out. And I think that we talked about it last week, both quarterbacks do things really well. Um, both quarterbacks are different, but again, we, we, we talked about it on Thursday's show with, with Dart and his, his ability, not, not only his ability, but uh, his uh, affinity for, for stretching the field, pushing the ball downfield. Um, he did that on Saturday. A um, lot of completions, 15, 20 plus yards downfield, really testing the defense, but, but yeah, this one's going to go on and on. I think it's going to go into at least, I don't know, mid to late September. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they, if they don't have anyone named or a starter that they have in mind, I mean, I don't know if Kiffin will actually come out and say Luke Altmyer is the starter or Jackson Dart. It, he probably won't. But if they don't have it figured out by Kentucky, it's, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but it's – it's going to continue. They're, they're going to continue to battle. Um, still got a couple weeks, but, um, but all right. Uh, so the big news on Monday, um, LSU quarterback Miles Brennan announced that he was stepping away from the game completely. Um, announced his retirement from football as it was, uh, I guess, I don't remember the actual tweet, but it was reported that he is retiring from football. Um, there were reports that came out early in the day on Monday that he was not at practice. Um, nobody really thought it was injury related. And then um, radio host uh, Christian Garrick did some digging 
and then found out that, uh, quote, LSU quarterback Miles Brennan is walking away from football, as source has told me. Brennan was informed that he will not be the starting quarterback this fall. So kind of a uh, bit of a snafu down there in Baton Rouge where Miles Brennan was going to get into the portal. Um, I actually can't remember if he actually got into the portal or not. Um, I believe he made it very clear that he was wanting to enter the portal. Brian Kelly, who was hired as the new head coach at LSU, talked him into staying, said he wanted him on the roster, said he wanted him there to compete for the job, opted to stay. Uh, I, I believe I saw a tweet yesterday that he was contemplating leaving, stayed, got engaged at Tiger Stadium, and then Jane Daniels was signed from Arizona State. And then now he is uh, no longer a member of the uh, football program. So um, obviously I'm not keeping up with LSU spring practice. I had heard a, a good bit of buzz about Garrett Nussmeyer coming out of uh, fall camp that he was looking like he was going to be competing for that starting job. Jane Daniels, um, a guy that was tremendous as a freshman at Arizona State, was kind of up and down Um last season and then now he is fighting with Nussmeyer for the starting job I don't think Walker Howard's going to factor in at all he's probably going to redshirt the uh, true freshman there out of uh, Louisiana but um, Brian Kelly released a statement said uh, quote we are grateful to Miles for everything he has done for LSU football Miles is a great leader who has made a tremendous impact on this program and he has earned the respect of everyone here through his commitment and love for LSU Miles has always embodied the traits required to fulfill our mission to graduate champions, and we have full confidence those traits will help him succeed at every step of his journey moving forward. Just, uh, man, I that statement just oozes scumbag to me. Um, the mission to graduate champions is very reminiscent of uh, the brick by brick Butch Jones thing, and. <laughs> what did they what what was it uh, what did they call it champions of life or something yeah um, something like that I, I don't I just uh anyway um yeah i brennan was was dealing with injuries throughout his career um but he looked to be healthy looked to be in decent shape you know just seeing some some clips and some some shots of him um during spring and and during fall looked to be like he was going to be competing for the job. And then obviously was told he would not be the starting quarterback, which is, you know, Brian Kelly is someone that um, loves his quarterback rooms and loves to have multiple guys in the quarterback room. Um, but that was, that was, a, that was a shock. I was, you know, I, I figured he would be in the mix. I, I didn't think that Jane Daniels signing with LSU was just a shoe in for him to get the job. I knew Nussmeyer was there and was going to be a factor. And then Brennan, obviously familiarity with, you know, the players, the continuity with receivers and running backs and offensive line and, and, and knowing the program and all of that. I know it's a new coaching staff, but I didn't expect this, um, but it was, uh, it, it was pretty wild. And then, you know, it is the, the year 2022, and uh, as I said in the open, NIL is intertwined with college football and with recruiting. And there were some people that were, I don't know if you want to say disgruntled or whatever. People were just being dumb. But, um, you know, oh, well, Miles Brennan has NIL deals with Raising Canes and Smoothie King and GameCoin and 
small sliders and Hollingsworth Richards forward. And, you know, now he's not going to play a game, but he's going to get off. You know, well, that's how it works. Because as of now, there are no, you know, performance incentive based deals with NIL. So, yes, Miles Brennan will still get his money. And there's nothing that Darren Rovell or anyone else can do about it. Um, but needless to say, uh, it was a bit of a shock on Monday. Yeah, it was. And so I have a couple couple things here. First and foremost, um, I have been keeping up with the LSU quarterback competition. If the decision was to be made today, it would be Jaden Daniels. Um, but that could all change as soon as tomorrow. Garrett Nussmeyer had a great spring. Um, and he is uh, coming off of – I can't remember what injury it was, but some sort of injury. Um, and he returned to practice like – either yesterday or today, or he returns to practice tomorrow. I think it was yesterday he returned to practice. Um, and so if the decision was to be made today, it would be Jaden Daniels. However, Nussmeyer balled out in the spring and is very much in the mix. So it's going to be basically a, a two-man quarterback competition over the next you know, two, three, whatever weeks. Depends on if it goes into the season or not. Um, but it's going to be between Nussmeyer and Daniels. With right now, Daniels is in the lead just because he's been playing during fall camp but Nuss Meyer is expected to make a legitimate push and potentially win the job. Um, so then that left Miles Brennan as the odd man out, you know, as the third man on the totem pole, he obviously, um, so he entered the transfer portal in November and then removed his name after the Brian Kelly hiring. Um, you got to feel for him to some extent because that sucks. He was totally gaslit, um, gaslighted, gaslit, um, and ultimately ended up losing the job. I mean, obviously that's a testament to the fact that if he can't beat out Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels, then he just isn't good enough to play, you know, at LSU. And so he decided to walk away from football um, rather than deal with the whole transfer thing two weeks before the season, before his final year of eligibility, et cetera. Um, it sucks. I mean, it sucks for Miles Brennan, but at the same time, like you said, um, he got paid anyway. Um, now, I was interesting. Darren Ravel yesterday was the one who tweeted um, that Miles Brennan will get to keep his money or whatever and will still get paid because contracts can't have in performance based incentives or whatever attached to them in the current NIL era. Um, I was kind of surprised that he said that because, as someone who's supposed to be so in tune, with business and NIL and the business of sports, um, that's not entirely true. So while, yes, Brennan will get to keep likely a good chunk of money from his NIL deals that he signed back in February, for example, with walk-ons, um, he's since signed ones with, like you said, small sliders, Smoothie King, Raising Canes, and then there's a, another one he signed with the Hollingsworth Richards Ford, I assume that he got a car as part of that deal with the Ford dealership. I would imagine he gets to keep that because the contract was signed before his decision to retire. But Ravel, the way that he phrased it as his classic Ravel, left out a large part of the truth. While you can't have performance-based incentives, so you can't say if you throw for 2,000 yards of the course of the season, we'll pay you X amount extra on top of your initial payout, or if you throw nine touchdowns in the first three weeks, we'll give you, you know, 50K extra, whatever. While that is not allowed, there is no doubt in my mind that 
the companies who are signing these NIL deals knew that stuff like this was a possibility. So I would venture to guess that although compensating a player in terms of their play or for their play on the field may not be allowed, I would venture to guess, and I know that it after speaking with some people who are familiar with NIL even more so than myself um, and the legality and the ins and outs of it over the last 24 hours or so about this Miles Brennan situation in particular, contracts can say, you know, you have to play in a game. So more than likely, whether Brennan's deals said that or not, um, if the company didn't have some sort of clause in regards to like, oh, you have to actually play, you know, to get paid your full amount, then that was foolish of them for not putting that in there because they could have put something in that said, you know, we'll pay you X amount up front, but then if you choose not to play or if you don't start, whatever, then you can't, you know, X, this amount of money will not be paid out. Um, so I would venture to guess that Brennan's deals like included some sort of upfront payment. So more than likely, unfortunately, Rovell is probably correct in that these deals that Brennan signed likely paid out a sum of money up front and that was it. However, there is a possibility that Raising Canes or Smoothie King or Small Sliders or Walk-Ons, you know, any of the deals that Brennan signed could have had a clause that says, you know, we will pay you so long as you are on the roster, not playing in the games, but on the roster. Um, so it is possible that Brennan had a couple of his deals voided um, at least, you know, with for future payouts, but we don't know the terms of the deals. We don't know what the contracts look like. So more than likely, Rovell was right that Brennan will get paid. Um, but these companies know that mm -hmm. when they're signing these videos. So it's a risk that they're, you know, willing to take at least to some extent. It likely paid off at least to some extent over the last six months. You know, Miles Brennan was quote unquote the guy or was going to be in the mix. And so his, it's not like his social media posts hindered their marketing plans in any way shape or form but i would venture to guess that this brennan deal and and this whole situation companies moving forward um i think this will change a lot of things to where um nil deals do include clauses about being on the actual roster or something like that um, i don't know what will end up happening but i think that this brennan situation and the NIL component to it will end up changing kind of the landscape of NIL and how deals are created and how deals are signed. Because obviously, you know, Raising Canes doesn't want to be in a partnership with a guy who isn't on the team anymore. So that contract is likely, likely void. But then the question is, you know, how did the payout look? What did the contract terms look? All that stuff. So it's a very interesting case study. Um, that I think is kind of unfortunate because Miles Brennan, by all accounts, is a good dude. Um, I, by all, you know, he's got engaged in the offseason. He went to the Manning Passing Academy, like fairly well-liked in Baton Rouge. So it's unfortunate, but uh, I mean, he's doing what's best for him. And ultimately, um, you know, that's that's the decision to move on and, and probably go sell insurance or something. I... Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to have any performance incentive-based NIL deals. Um, 
could happen down the road where it's just a way for companies that want to invest in certain athletes to where it's like, Hey, we're willing to give you this, but if you, you know, are a finalist for the Thorpe award, we'll give you a bonus or, you know, you rush for 1200 yards, you know, we'll put you in a commercial. Um, You know, there could be some things like that that aren't like, Hey, if you don't do this, you don't get anything. I don't think it's ever going to be that. Um, I think it's just going to be like a, Hey, you had a great year. Like, let's give you a little bit, you know, a little bit extra. Um, and, and now that's where it gets to the point where it's okay. What if the player is like, I don't want to be in a commercial. I just want more money. Um, then (laughs) that's where, uh, it it could get a little dicey, but I mean, I I don't have an issue with miles Brennan getting his money from these play. I mean, I don't think raising canes is, is going to be, you know, staying up late trying to balance their books because of this, like they're doing fine. Um, I, I will say um, a couple more things and I overlaid it before we hit the break. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure you saw it because it made the rounds yesterday and it was phenomenal. And I guess it came out over the weekend and I just missed it. Um, SOS heating and cooling. Yeah. Um, which is in uh, Nebraska. I guess they're, they're in Omaha since 1950. Uh, put out a commercial with DeColdis Crawford, a uh, wide receiver for the Huskers. Um, obviously, for good reason, um, became a notable name, literally and figuratively, because of how cool his name is, literally and figuratively. Um, he was in a commercial for SOS Heating and Cooling, and it's uh, it set the bar really high for whoever is going to be uh, jumping into a commercial next because it was perfect. Um, uh, but that was uh that was great. Um, SOS HVAC in Omaha. It was um yeah. Just search to Coldest Crawford on Twitter and you'll you'll see the commercial. It's it's pretty great. It's um, I was also talking with uh a buddy of mine, uh Justin Kemp, former Ole Miss baseball player, played baseball at UAB. Has uh, been on the show a couple times. Friend of the program. We were talking about just nil in general and how. Um, how to, I guess, navigate just, it's always going to be, you know, we talk about recruiting is fluid and I guess this is great, you know, how they intertwine and are just going to be parallel to each other for all eternity, but, um, both are fluid. They're constantly changing, constantly evolving, but we were talking about how to adequately reward and pay student athletes and um we were both discussing the idea of giving the players a stipend or a pell grant cost of living check or whatever um you know let's say it comes out to roughly three thousand dollars a month and then anything else that they make whether it's off their name image likeness or anything you know advertising uh commercial public appearances whatever Um, If you put that in a 401k or a savings account, and then that is something to where the player can't touch it until they graduate. And then once they, they graduate, boom, it's yours. Um, We were talking about it like, yeah, it's a great idea, but 
you know, if it's, if it's their money, you know, who is the, you know, who is the school to say that they can't touch it or they can't do anything with it until they graduate. Um, right. And he was, Justin was comparing it to, you know, well, you know, the NFL or, or major league baseball, you know, they don't cap 20, 20, 21 year olds on, um, you know, what they can get, you know, you know, they sign for 4 million. It's not like they, well, you can only, you can only get 300 grand. The rest is going to sit in here for a little bit till you get to the bigs and then it's yours. Um, but I do think that it's a, it's an idea that, that could be floated. I, I don't hate the idea of it because I mean, just from myself being a, a parent, not a parent of a student athlete, but I, I, I am in charge of two humans that are, that are tiny. Um, I think it's a smart thing to do. Um, but it's just, you know, what kind of restrictions are you putting on a, uh, a student's value? But, um, it, he mentioned that it could be an option from like the revenue sharing perspective of TV contracts. Um, you know, there's so much money being made. I mean, what it isn't the big 10 about to like, but all the big 10 schools are about to get like a hundred million dollars for their new TV yeah, deal or whatever. Crazy like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at, I mean, I remember some of the, 30 for 30s, I believe it was. But the one that I always remember was like Antoine Walker and all the money that he made. He put a ton of money into real estate and, and building out apartment complexes and things and trying to invest in his hometown or, or I can't remember if it was his hometown or if it was in Boston when he was with the Celtics, but trying to better the community and ended up just, you know, throwing all of his money away and, and you know, was really struggling. But, you know, it, Justin mentioned how many guys in the NFL, you know, play six, seven, eight years, um, you know, making, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And then they go broke within five years because they just had their money, did whatever they, which is their prerogative to do what you want, your money, you earned it. But, you know, it's, it's, I think the idea is great because it gives you, the opportunity to make money while you're in school. And then it also gives you the opportunity to have, you know, somewhat of a nest egg to when you're done to get your life going, whether that be in a professional organization like the NFL or whether that's, Hey, I got my degree in finance and I'm looking to get started. I need some money for a down payment on a house or a car or whatever. Um, So it's, just spitballing, brainstorming, if you will. But I, I mean, I don't hate the idea. Yeah, no, I like, the, I mean, I like it. I think it's a great, great way to approach it and to ensure um, financial stability beyond graduation. But I think the way that things are going right now, it'd be hard to kind of scale things back um, and and do it that way. I think you've opened the door. And so now it's... uh you know, that door is open and it's going to be hard to, to mm-hmm. kind of reel things back in. But I think maybe if they had opened it with that, it would have made a lot more sense, but it's probably too late, unfortunately, because it's actually is a great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of reeling it in, we're going to uh, hit the break here, hear from the sponsors and when we get back. We're going to talk about uh, the new addition to the Ole Miss football roster. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. 
They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there's just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install, all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock. 
That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com, ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Smart Lock and Ufe Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. And we are back here on Not Committed, Zach Barry, Grayson. We are with you. All right, so over the weekend, uh name popped up on our message board. Some folks were asking uh, who it was. Uh, I did some quick research, was able to uh, figure out a little bit about uh, Mr. Charlie Pollock, a uh, new punter on the uh, Ole Miss team. Um, I believe you may know the specifics. Um, I know Ole Miss has been dealing with some injuries at the punter position. Um, big shoes to fill after Mac Brown has uh, left the program, fulfilled his duties as punter, um, and has exhausted all of his eligibility. He is gone. Um, they are trying to find someone to take over what was probably one of the more steady positions on the field um, when looking at that team last year with uh, – Mac Corral quarterback and, you know, the running back position, um, how good they were at the linebacker uh, position, um, a lot of steady production. Um, and I do think that Mac Brown, I don't think he's forgotten, but, um, you, know, you know, they didn't punt a lot, but when they did, he was tremendous. Um, but Charlie Pollock, uh, he was part of, uh, I'm, I always get this wrong, and I lived with people from Vegas. Is it Nevada or Nevada? Oh God. I think we do this every time. <laughs> I I say I say both interchangeably, but I think I lean Nevada. But I think it's okay. probably Nevada. I think it's I don't Nevada. Know. We're always wrong. I'm trying to think of how I would say it, but now I'm like messing with my own brain because I do I'm pretty sure that I said it wrong the whole time I lived with people that were from there. But um, so he was in their 2020 recruiting class, was on scholarship, which is a rarity for punters. Um, 6'1", 230-pounder from uh, Marietta, Georgia, went to Walton High School, really good high school program, was a uh, five-star recruit by Coles, the, uh, you know, quasi-recruiting service that specializes in uh, special teams, long snappers, uh, place kickers and punters. He was a five-star, uh, was the number eight punter in the country in 2020. Uh, he averaged 39.9 yards per punt as a senior and had a long of 59. Uh, the 2020 season when his, was his lone year at uh, with the Wolfpack. Um, so it, it, it just kind of some common sense here. I feel like he stepped away from football and then uh, transferred back closer to home uh, since he's from Georgia. And I don't have the quote in front of me but I believe Kiffin said in the press conference that they found him on campus. Like he basically asked, I don't know if he asked some staffers or some players or maybe both to go find a punter. Um, he is uh, enrolled in school. And um, I believe the quote was that they found him at a frat house. Um, but yeah, he said, he said, quote, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, you know, like a, at a keg party or something where they got him from. <laughs> So we've got some conditioning to work with to do with my guy. We just said, hey, someone go find a punter on campus. And so we found one that actually used to punt division one. So you never know. Perfect. It's better than nothing. Um, 
I think I don't know if this was a joke or if this was serious. Somebody said that Kincaid Dent was doing some punting. Um, so if that was the case, and they were getting pretty desperate, um, I probably should have looked this up. You could probably help me. I believe their punter, who his name is escaping me, Fraser um, Mason. Yeah, he got a little banged up in fall camp, so he was dealing with an injury. So they were trying to find someone, I guess, either for depth purposes or just to just have someone. Um, our very own Jake Thompson on Thursday uh, reported on the message board at omspirit.com, part of On3. said, according to a source, I was told Pollock, already a student at Ole Miss, but not sure how the football program found out about him. But as you just read, that seems to be the case, that Kiffin was just like, hey, go find me somebody. Um, so, yeah, Fraser Mason was the only punter on the official roster. Um, injured, been unavailable for fall camp. And, uh, I mean, I, I think it's funny with, uh, I guess, the links they went to find, but I don't really know how far, what the links are, because it was just like, hey, go find someone on campus. But um, I know Kiffin was was joking with, uh, is the place kicker, is it Jonathan Cruz? Yep. Yeah. Um, he was joking about how, how good he was in the scrimmage on Saturday, and he was like, I don't, you know, Kiffin basically, I don't have the quote, but he was basically like, I don't know how many times we're going to use him in the season, but he was good. Um, because we know Kiffin likes to go for it on fourth down. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, it's not the worst thing. It, it's one thing to go get a walk on that, uh, you know, spend some time playing soccer and kicking for Jackson prep, but, uh, you, you actually found someone who was an actual kicker for a division one football program. So not the worst case. Um, I said six, one, two thirty. Good size dude. Um, a little more, a little more packed to the punch than Mac Brown had. Mac Brown's a little taller, but uh, you know, a little slender. Uh, he was in good shape. Um, and, and hell, for all I know, Pollock could be in good shape. I haven't seen him. I don't know if he's still two hundred thirty pounds, but um, well, so not, not not that two, not that two thirty can't be in good shape. Just just saying. Well, Zach, he he's he's two fifty. He's six one two fifty on the Ole Miss roster, so he's a oh, he's a big hell fella. yeah. Um, and Kiffin said so himself. He said, we've got some conditioning work to do with my guy, but like also, is there that much conditioning that a punter needs to do? Um, but 250 is a big dude. And I, I love it. Um, obviously you want Fraser Mason to be the guy if you can, because he is literally the only other punter on the roster. Um, as someone, you know, six, five, two thirty five, Fraser Mason, um, big leg, but he's an Aussie guy. So he's an Aussie punter. Uh, he was on the Australian rules, like football state team and, in, and in, in wherever the heck in Australia, you know, whatever, yeah, but whatever state that is, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the statehood of Australia, but he was on the Aussie rules football state team and in 2017 and 2016 and Fraser Mason. And so he's going to probably be the guy, but if you've got a punter injured during camp, you got to go get somebody else because Jonathan Cruz is, has not punted since high school. Now, Jonathan Cruz, mind you, was actually a first-team All-State punter um, in Georgia during his senior year of high school, but that was 2017. So it's been a while yeah. since he's punted, so that's not great. Frazier Mason's dealing with – nobody disclosed his injury, but if it's a punter, you'd imagine it's like – a pulled muscle or something because if it's like a chest injury, you could probably punt through it. 
So it's probably like a pulled muscle in his leg. Not great because you got to have somebody to punt. You go find Charlie Pollock, you know, down at the front. I know Lane was – oh, actually, we don't know that Lane was joking, um, but you'd have to imagine that Lane was joking about the whole cane party thing. Um, but I'm going to choose to believe that he wasn't joking because it's so funny to imagine Charlie Pollock just like outside of, you know, Sigma Chi or Sigma Nu or, you know, any of those houses down there on Fraternity Road just like punting the ball and like, hey, guys, check this out. You know, I used to be a punter and and back at Nevada, you know, as a scholarship punter and check, check out how far I can boot the ball. And I love imagining like John David Baker or like somebody just driving by and being like, Holy crap, look at that guy with the red hair just absolutely booting the ball. Um, so I'd like to choose to believe that they actually found him at a fraternity party or something. I don't think that's true. I don't I think he was just joking. Um but you gotta like, love gotta love that he has D1 experience. Yeah, I mean I like to think of it as like, yeah, kicking the football on fraternity row, just booming it into like the tad pad parking lot. Yeah, and exactly. The ball like is like rolling and then it hits Jonathan Hess in the foot, and then he's like, there's our guy. And then they drive over there in a golf cart and pick him up, and the rest is history. I mean, this just sounds like – I mean, obviously, hopefully, Fraser Mason, which, by the way, is a unit himself at 6'5", 235. Um, you hope that that he can be healthy and and, and be able to kick this season. But, uh, hey, who, who says you can't do a, a two-punter system? You have a righty and a lefty. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go with a directional, you know, look or just try to boom it for some hang time. I mean, I saw some clips of of Pollock with some, you know, four, nine, five second hang time. That's his um, thing. He's not or, a big like distance or consistently, you know, he averaged what, 39 something in, in high school. Yeah, close that's, to 40. That's almost in high like three or four yards shorter than Mac Brown. Um, but Mac Brown actually credit to him. He's, he's in the XFL. He's eligible for the XFL draft. Shout out to my guy, Mac. Um, he was really good at hang time too, but that's Charlie Pollock's thing from the, all the tape that I watched. He just like sends the ball 9,000 miles in the air. That gives his guys a chance to go get under it and make a play. Yeah. So you could, I mean, you could do a two punter system where if you need hang time, you need to force a fair catch. Um, you could roll Mr. Pollock out there. And then if you're maybe not at midfield and you're looking to flip the field, play some field position, you put the lefty out there, let him yeah. get that that rugby background and maybe boom a directional low liner. Um, you know, maybe a nice little, you know, knockdown punch five iron and uh try to pin somebody deep um and just let your your coverage team get down there and make a play. But um, but yeah, I mean I applaud the staff for you know, thinking on their feet and going and finding somebody. And yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's not just some random Joe blow up the street. This is a guy that, that, that actually went to college. And like I said, on scholarship as a punter, which is rare. Yeah, it is rare. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I, all I can think of is that this is going to be some kind of storyline that they're going to do on college game day. That, yeah, um, probably. And I think the funniest part too it, of this entire thing is that, you know, there's, there's a whole conversation being had about the punter and you got to obviously find somebody. So you go get Charlie Pollack. Um, you, you hope that Mason Frazier is healthy or Frazier Mason um, is healthy, you know, come week one. But I think the funniest part of this whole thing is like, 
we Ole Miss does does not punt that often. Mac Brown punted 43 times last year in 12 games. You're averaging like, I don't know, three, three and a half, four punts a game, which is like nothing compared to other schools. So this whole thing is whole conversations being had. And I think the bottom line here is that like Ole Miss is just never going to punt. Like Lane is just never, never going to punt the ball ever because he's got a guy dealing with probably yeah. some sort of like pulled muscle or something. And then a guy who they grabbed, you know, quote, out of the keg party. Um, Ole Miss is just never going to kick the ball, and I'm so so okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for them to really lean into it on game day and to do something silly with, like, Gene Wojcikowski to do, like, an in-depth piece on yeah. the inner workings of the Greek system and how they provided a punter for Lane Kiffin, even though he never uses a punter. Um, so, yeah, just free content for, for Kirk and and the fellas on game day. So, all right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to close up with some basketball recruiting. Um, on threes, Jamie Shaw, another friend of the program, uh, released uh, all of his superlatives, his top 10 freshmen for the 22-23 uh, season. And uh, Ole Miss had a couple names pop up on there. So hang tight, hear from the sponsors, and when we get back, some basketball recruiting to close up this Tuesday show. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them, 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing things up here on your Tuesday episode. All right, talked about it before we uh, hit the break. 
Jamie Shaw, on three's national basketball recruiting analyst, has been ranking all the top freshmen in each Power Five conference coming into the uh, 22-23 season. Uh, going through the SEC, I'll just run through the list here. Number one, Kaysen Wallace, the uh, five-star point guard out of Texas, who is at Kentucky now. Number seven overall player. Number two, five-star Brandon Miller, who's from Antioch, Tennessee, right down the road from us, who is at Alabama. Number three, five-star Anthony Black, the number 12 overall player who is at Arkansas. Right behind him, another Arkansas player, five-star guard Nick Smith. And then you've got at number five, five-star forward G.G. Jackson, who uh, made history earlier this summer. It was the first-ever decommitment for North Carolina as he flipped his commitment to South Carolina um, to go up there and uh, play for the Gamecocks, which I say go up there. He is from Columbia, so he's not having to go very far. Um, number six, four-star power forward, Johan Treor. Hope that I didn't say that wrong. He's at Auburn. Number seven, five-star Julian Phillips. If you haven't picked up on it yet, there is a theme to this list in the SEC. There is a... Uh, a lot of five stars. Uh, number eight, four-star forward Chris Livingston, who's at Kentucky, number 21 overall player. And then uh, number nine, four-star combo guard Amari Abram, Ole Miss. Now, he did rank these in his own order. They weren't just straight who's the highest ranked in the 22 class as um, Amari Abram was ranked as the number 77 overall prospect in the on-three consensus rankings. Um, but uh, Jamie Shaw says, quote, Mar Abram has a crafty way about his game. He is a great compliment to returning point guard Deshaun Ruffin, who is returning from an ACL injury. Abram is a combo guard who is comfortable playing in the uh, playing the one or the two at the SEC level. He has good positional size and can handle, shoot, and pass. How Ruffin returns will be integral to whether Abram starts or comes off the bench. Regardless of his starting status, expect him to be the primary backup at both guard spots and most likely earn starter-like minutes through the season. So, um, we're, we're not going to break down what happened in the Bahamas as that was just an exhibition couple games. But look, I as a true freshman, 6'4", <clears throat> 190, uh, played a lot in the Bahamas and uh, actually looked pretty good. Uh, I do think, and, and and Jamie mentioned it here with his ability, he says, handle, shoot, and pass. I do think Abram is going to be an ex excellent complement to Ruffin and to uh, Matthew Morrell as well. Um, as good as he is at scoring the basketball and getting into the lane, finishing through contact, I do think his best attribute is uh, his vision and being able to see the whole floor and to uh, get others involved in the offense. I, I think that's probably what he's best at at this state of his game with how young he is. I think he's only going to get better at scoring the basketball, um, fine-tuning that aspect of his game. But uh, I think he's an excellent defender, which I know Kermit loves that. But um, I, I do think he is an underrated facilitator of the basketball. And I think that's what's going to get him on the floor early and often uh, later this year. Yeah. I, I completely second that statement though. The, what I think about when I look at, at Abram is over the course of gosh, as long as I've been following Ole Miss basketball. So 
you know, at least a decade or so. Um, every single season, I remember one or two games, at least one or two games, where there's kind of one player who he may come off the bench, he may be like a low-level starter uh, who rotates in and out a lot, but that player on one or more occasions like just gets stupid hot at the right time and kind of carries Ole Miss across the finish line when maybe some of the other players are struggling. Um, and so in this case, I see Abram, like you said, as a facilitator, one. But two, if if those guys like Ruffin and, and all the players on the court are struggling um, and Abram just happens to catch the hot hand, I think there's one point last, last year where he dropped like 10 or 11 threes um, in like a playoff game. Um, so clearly he's got that kind of clutch gene and could be the guy who this year, um, it seems like it happens every single year. There's like one or two games, whether it be Auburn and, and Bree and Tyree was struggling and, and, or, you know, Terrence Davis was struggling and somebody else picked up the pieces um, around them. Abram could be that guy to where he could just catch fire one game, just be the hot hand that they continue to feed the ball and, and Morrell and Joyner and all those guys, you know, don't have to worry about being the primary scorer in that game because Abram's just on fire. I, I think that's something that's definitely going to happen at some point this year. Um, and for him to be ranked, you know, as high as he is uh, on the on three list just speaks to the fact that Kermit continues to recruit talent that people are excited about beyond just Ole Miss um, and beyond just, you know, in Oxford to where he's getting national attention and, and SEC attention. So it'll be a big, uh, big piece to this, this team and this offense in particular, uh, you know, once it, once the season gets underway. Almost just missed having two in the top 10 as a four-star forward. Jalen Reed made it as number 10. Um, he is at LSU. He is obviously the uh, son of the late Justin Reed who played at Ole Miss, um, was originally committed to Florida and then opted to uh, open things back up when Mike White left, uh, which I think most thought that he might just go to Georgia with Mike White. Um I figured it might not be the worst thing to stay at Florida because I'm a huge Todd Golden stan, but uh, went to LSU. But they did get another name on the list. Uh, Jamie included other freshmen to watch, and uh, TJ Caldwell made it, um, a three-star uh, forward out of Texas who was pretty incredible as a senior. Um, he is rated as a four-star by on three, but in the consensus he is a, a three-star um, just missed four-star status in a consensus. But, um, yeah, it was a uh, – I mean, you want to talk about a, an integral part of a, a of a team. Um, played at Waxahachie Faith Family Academy in uh, Texas, won a state title, and uh, was named MVP of the uh, Class 4A state championship game. Um, he and his teammates won that game by 26 points and uh, finished with a 36-4 and record. Um, to close out his uh, prep campaign there. But, yeah, 20 points, won the state title, and was uh, named MVP. So he's a guy that I think is going to probably turn some heads this year. Uh, I think he's going to be an excellent, you know, sixth, seventh guy um, on the bench, come in high energy, make some plays defensively, and then probably 
uh, end up on Sports Center a couple times with some of the uh, the dunks that he's going to be able to to uh, make in transition because I I did a couple things um, over time during his recruitment. Um, actually, if you go look on his profile, you can find the uh, the post link to his profile. But he actually dunked over a six foot eleven teammate um, in practice. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, got some bounce to him. Um, he, he's, he's electric. I, I mean, he's a guy that's, that's doing East Bay dunks and games, um, just makes it look effortless. He, he's the kind of guy where you watch him and you're like, you know, why can't I just like, just regularly dunk with how easy he makes it look? Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, Caldwell is someone that's going to really flash, um, as the uh, season goes on, I think he's going to get more and more comfortable in the system and in the rotation. And I, I do think his energy and how, um, you know, he he takes pride in, in how well he plays defense. Um, I, I know I've talked to several scouts and several guys in the industry that, that say that they noticed that over time with him playing in high school and then on the AAU circuit with how um, – tenacious of a defender he was and how he took pride in, 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 in doing that. And as we know, Kermit, Kermit loves his defense. So, um, so yeah, two guys on the, uh, the watch list there for, uh, for Kermit, his, uh, his staff. So say what you want, hot seat, no hot seat, not making the tournament, whatever. Um, but now they got to win. They have I've, to win. I've said that on this show. I mean, it doesn't matter who you get or how you do it. You got to win, but, um, they are still recruiting at a very high level. Um, they've got two four stars right now in the 23 class looking to potentially add, I, I would think they can get at least one more, um, possibly two. I know they've got Josh Hubbard, the in-state guard that is announcing a commitment next, uh, next month. And then, uh, they're going to host a couple big time four-star prospects, um, this fall. Um, so look, Gotta get some results on the court, but um, for those that were questioning his chops as a recruiter, and I do think you have to definitely give a lot of credit to uh, the new staff and Brock Morris and Robert Kirby and, and how well they have attacked this uh, this cycle. But um, but yeah, so big ups to Amari Abram and TJ Caldwell for making the list. So all right, that's gonna do it for this Tuesday show. We'll be back on Thursday. It'll be a bittersweet show for us as uh grayson will be bidding adieu we will talk more about that on thursday but um but hey it's been fun we'll do it again on thursday so uh for grayson over there i'm zach thank you to the sponsors for uh, making this possible thank you to you the listener thank you to you the listener for tuning in absolutely i uh yeah look it's I know people are clamoring for recruiting. We can't just create it out of thin air. I, I do think uh, Ole Miss is going to receive some good news uh, probably five or six days. My math is correct. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a fun summer. Fall camp is is still rolling. And like I said, we'll have a, another podcast coming to you later this week that I think uh, you're going to like. I'm excited for it. So um, that's going to do it back on Thursday. We out. Yeah.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.